A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way, and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. While they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified, and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, While they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed, he asked them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. He took it and ate it in front of them. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. We are reading the final verses in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. On Easter Sunday, two disciples were making their way to the village called Emmaus, seven miles away from Jerusalem. Those two disciples meet Jesus on the way. And in the verses we just read, we find those two disciples returning to Jerusalem and rejoining the community of the eleven. It is still Easter, the same day. A lot has happened today. In the Gospel of Luke, the word today is repeated seven times. In Bethlehem, the angel proclaims to the shepherds, Today is born to you in the city of David the Savior. He is the Messiah, the Lord. After Jesus read from the prophet Isaiah in his hometown synagogue at Nazareth, he said, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. One of the criminals who was crucified with Jesus said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. When Jesus invited himself to dinner at the house of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house. Salvation was not something the resurrection made possible. It had already begun in the Incarnation. It was being knit into us with every step of Jesus' life, every conversation, every meal, every foot he took into his hands to wash. 
With each of these small acts, he gathered the fragmentation of people's lives into his own life and breathed something of his love into it. The resurrection was the revelation of all that Jesus had been doing all along, ultimately offering that transformed life back into us, giving birth to us. Those who experienced the risen one knew him as the one with whom they had traveled through Galilee, the one who had taught and led them. They experienced him as the one who had been crucified. The witnesses of the risen one did not encounter a ghost, a soul detached from his body, but Jesus, raised by God and present to them with his whole history, with everything that made him who he is, with spirit, soul, and body. Resurrection means that every instant a person has lived bears fruit in eternal life with God. Insistence on the physicality of the risen one saved Christian faith from succumbing to a basic dogma of many Greeks, that salvation is liberation from the body, and paradise is characterized by bodilessness. The risen one is not described as quasi-disembodied. He has flesh and bones. He shows the disciples his hands and feet. He urges them to touch him. He even asks them to give him something to eat. And before their eyes, he consumes a piece of broiled fish. Luke's description is directed against every kind of false spiritualizing. The evangelist means to tell the readers that resurrection from the dead is more than a mere spiritual event. The whole person is redeemed, not only his or her spirit. What is saved is not a bloodless soul, but our whole life history, our flesh and blood, everything we have been. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. The risen Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It was while they were talking about him that Jesus himself stood among them and opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The community of disciples came to understand what Jesus had said to the two disciples on the road. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? It's hard for us to comprehend suffering and glory in the same sentence. We think of them as totally separate. As in the familiar words of Ecclesiastes, there is a time to mourn and a time to dance. But mourning and dancing are never fully separated. Henri Nouwen writes that Jesus enters our sadness, takes us by the hand, pulls us gently up to stand, and invites us to dance. We find the way to pray as the psalmist did, You have turned my sorrow into dancing, because at the center of our grief we find the grace of God. I'm less likely to deny my suffering, Nowen continues, when I learn how God uses it to mold me and draw me closer to him. 
I will be less likely to see my pains as interruptions to my plans, and more able to see them as the means for God to make me ready to receive Him. I let Christ live near my hurts and distractions. Nowen describes watching a stonecutter remove great pieces from a huge rock on which he was working. In his imagination, he thought, that rock must be hurting terribly. Why does this man wound the rock so much? But as he looked longer, he saw the figure of a graceful dancer emerge gradually from the stone, looking at him in his mind's eye and saying, You foolish man, didn't you know that I had to suffer and thus enter into my glory? As Bono sings in the song, Grace, What once was hurt, what once was friction, what left a mark no longer stings, because grace makes beauty out of ugly things. Only by entering into our suffering could Jesus transform our suffering. This transformation which begins in Christ is not for Christ alone. It leads to the forgiveness of sins. God's plan for the salvation of the world has been revealed and inaugurated. You are witnesses of these things. As the two disciples said on the way, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? In our encounters with one another, we recognize that the risen Christ is present today.